0: Bibles. Turn with me to the book of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 6. <clears throat> this is a bittersweet day. Oh, by the way, our, uh, our quarterly devotions are out. Um, they're out there. They're free. They're available. Um, there's a lot of area business people that are connected to our church. They'll come in, grab 4, 5, 10, 15, 20, and they'll put them at their businesses for people to be able to have a devotion. If you struggle with a devotional life, man, I just encourage you to scoop one of these up. It takes about three minutes Can I tell you what I call this? I call these toilet devotions. (laughs) Do you understand? Put that thing on the back of your toilet and you'll know the job's done when the paperwork's finished. Do you understand? I need to hush. I need to hush. Hey mama, I'm so glad to see you. My mom's in here today. Lord have mercy. I apologize. Please do not yell at me after church today, okay? And so uh, just pick one of those up. You know, if you have a business and you've got a place to display, great opportunity. It'll help you on your journey. It is amazing to me how divinely orchestrated certain devotions on certain days is. It's like the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. Encourage you. They're completely free. love for you to be a part of that on that journey with us. 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're finishing our series entitled um, The Tribe of Judah. And I've subtitled this message this morning, The Undignified Praise. The, the Undignified Praise. We're, we're ending this sermon series. Next Sunday, I'll begin a three-week series as we run towards Christmas called The Omni. He is omnipotent. He is omniscience. And he is omnipresent. How many of you are grateful that he's all together awesome. So we're going to start that series next Sunday. Today I want to end this, climax this particular sermon series with a buckle up your seatbelts. This is a party praise y'all. This is a party praise. Listen to me. This is not a cute praise. This is not a club praise. This is not a churchy praise. This is not a cultural praise. This is not a spasmatic praise This is not a charismatic praise This is the type of praise that is not because we like the song Or because we like the rhythm or we like the feeling praise This is a praise not because we're told to Not because we're pushed to Not because we're manipulated to And not because we're pressured to praise But this is a praise that whether we're in public or we're not in public It does not matter Because this is a praise that is because he's worthy praise When I talk about an undignified praise, it is the essence of my heart posture that says he's worthy. And he's worthy whether you're watching or not. He's worthy whether I'm by myself or not. He's worthy whether everything's working out in my favor or not. He's worthy and I'm going to give him the kind of praise that he wants and it is going to be one of them. It's going to be one of those kind of praises that if you're uncomfortable, you might need to change neighborhoods. It's the kind of praise that says, I didn't come here to worry about what you think about me. I came here to tell God, I'm so grateful that you think about me, praise. This word in the Hebrew is called halil. Everybody say halil. And it literally means to be clear. This is the kind of praise that makes it clear who I'm praising. It's to be clear, it's to shine, it's to boast, it's to show, it's to rave, it's to celebrate, it's to be clamorously foolish, it's to dance. It's crazy, exuberant praise. That's what halil is. A halil praise is a clamorously foolish kind of praise. You can't be sophisticated and give God a halil praise. You can't be educated and give God a little praise. You got to say, you know what? I came to bless the Lord because he's worthy. And if you don't like it, if you can't stand me, then you can sit down somewhere else because I didn't come here for you. I didn't come here for you. I didn't come here for what you can do or the preacher can do. I came to bless the Lord because he's been better to me than I can be to myself. And I'm going to show him just what kind of praise he's worthy of praise. This particular type of praise, Halil, is there are more than 100 scriptures in the Old Testament that uses this type of praise. A clear praise, a to shine praise, a to boast praise, a to rave praise, a to celebrate praise, a a to be clamorously foolish praise, a to dance praise, a crazy exuberant praise. There's more than 100 scriptures in the Old Testament that says this is the kind of praise God desires. Psalm 113, Verse number one. It says, Hallel ye the Lord. Hallel, O you servants of the Lord. Hallel the name of the Lord. Look at the three dimensions of this particular passage of scripture. He's telling us what to do. Be crazy. Be clamorously foolish for the Lord. Rave. Celebrate. Be clear in who your praise is for, the Lord. Who? Who's supposed to do this? The servants of the Lord. If you're a servant of the Lord, dancing should be a part of your life. According to scripture, that this kind of clamorous foolishness, this kind of awkwardness, this this praise outside of your comfort zone is a part of the life of the servant of the Lord according to scripture. But who is it for? It's for the name of the Lord. If I'm going to be foolish, I'm going to be foolish for the Lord. If I'm going to be silly, I'm going to be silly for the Lord. If I'm going to be clear, I'm going to be clear for the Lord. If I'm going to shine and boast and rave, I'm going to be shining and boasting and raving for the Lord. He tells us what to do. He tells us who should be doing it. And he tells us what it should be directed towards, which is God. In Psalm 149, verse 3, it says, let them hallel his name in the dance. Does that sound like quiet church to you? Does that sound like liturgical? And let's everybody be quiet. Shh. Let's don't be all, you know, let's just everybody calm down. No. We are to hallel. We're to clamorously be foolish before the Lord even in the dance. This is what we're training our children to do, which is I lift my hands in total praise. Listen, we ain't doing that so you can go out there and get your video footage for Facebook. That's not what this is about. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. That's not what this is about. This is not about you being able to show your family and your friends that's in another city, in another area. This is about these children, these young daughters of God, understanding that if you'll praise the Lord and you'll praise Him in the dance, there's going to be a group of people that are going to celebrate. But that praise was not for you. That dance was not for you. What they were doing was not for you. It was for the one who made them, who formed them, who fashioned them. And this is how we're training them. Because if they'll do it when they're children, they might do it when they're your age. He says, let them halil his name in the dance. Let them sing praises with the timbrel and the, and, and the, and the harp. Here's what God is saying. God is saying, I allow this. Let them. Allow them to be raving to me. Allow them to be clamorously foolish before me. I allow them to dance before me. I allow them watch this to be clear in my place in their life. Yeah. Psalm one fifty quotes often in church, especially praise the Lord, praise Him in the sanctuary, praise Him for His mighty acts, acts praise Him according to His excellence greatness. Look at this in verse one. That word praise is not yada. Lift your hands. That word praise is not zamar. Play. That word praise is not Barak to kneel or to bow before him. He says if you're going to, according to Psalm 50, fulfill scripture, you have to be raving and clamorously foolish before me. Praise the Lord. Hallel God in his sanctuary. I got a question for you this morning. Are you in the sanctuary? Is this his sanctuary? Is this where he dwells? Is this where he abides? Then according to scripture, you and I should have place in our life for dancing and raving and being clamorously foolish before him. Y'all might go preach with me, but I don't care this morning. There is a place in the sanctuary for being clamorously foolish. There's a place that is designated in the sanctuary for acting like a blooming idiot before the Lord. And although you may think I look stupid, he doesn't. Well, Pastor, I'm just not a dancer. I didn't ask you if you were a dancer. I'm asking you, are you a praiser? Well, I don't have rhythm. I didn't ask you if you have rhythm. I asked you if you had praise. Come on. This is what we do. And for those of us that are in the sanctuary this morning, dancing is appropriate. Look at this. In the firmament of his power. If you are experiencing the power of God, there is a place to be clear, to rave, to boast, to dance, to have crazy, exuberant praise to the Lord if you're experiencing his power. If you have the third person of the triune Godhead on the inside of you, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you should be a dancer. Do <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Don't make me dab. This, this word, halil, it is the root word of the Hebrew word or the English word or the Chinese word or the fill-in-the-blank word, h- hallelujah. It is the root of the word hallelujah. So if I'm go- contrary to Benny Hinn moments, hallelujah. Pick him up, Charlie, pick him up, Charlie. <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah oh praise you jesus hallelujah <laughs> sorry coach. <laughs> sorry <clears throat> and there's moments for that kind of reverence but the word hallelujah is rooted in raving it is not hallelujah it's hallelujah Halil, I'm clear. Jah is the root word of Jehovah. So I'm boasting about Jehovah. I'm being clear about Jehovah. I'm clamorously foolish for Jehovah. I'm working and praising and adoring God in an in a exuberant way, a crazy way, because of how powerful and prolific and very present Jehovah is in my life. This is where my hallelujah comes from. In book of 2 Samuel chapter 6 we find this undignified praise in the life of King David the Bible tells us in verse number 12 that the Ark of the Covenant that is the Old Testament illustration of the presence of God has been put into the house of Obed-Edom and Obed-Edom is finding The blessing and the favor of God sitting on his household because watch this, he has the presence of the Lord in it. And David says, this has gone on long enough. There's a little bit of drama that's happened in there for years. He got mad, he got upset, he put the presence of God away and he said, now I'm going to make God's presence be back in its proper place. He goes to Obed-Edom's house and look at the text and with gladness he shows up and says this is the moment that I'm gonna shine, I'm gonna boast, I'm gonna rave, I'm gonna celebrate, I'm gonna be clamorously foolish because I'm bringing the presence of God back to its proper place. The Bible says in verse 13 that they began to bear the Ark of the Covenant and as they were beginning to walk to get the presence of God back in His place, he would take six steps. one, two, three, four, five. Six. The Bible says that he would kill an ox, he would kill a fatted sheep, And according to verse 14, he would begin to hallel before the Lord. He would rave. He would be clamorously Do you know how long it would take to get the presence of God back into the temple where it was supposed to be? When you're stopping to take a praise break every six steps, six is the number of man. He was sacrificing himself. He was sacrificing his flesh. He was sacrificing his will. He was sacrificing his time. It says, I'm putting all that off to the side every six steps to say, you are worthy and I thank you for your presence and the Bible says he would dance and he would celebrate, look at the text with all his might he danced, he hailed before the Lord with all of his might, do you understand the power of that statement? The same might it took to kill a bear, he brought to worship. The same might that he brought to kill the lion, he brought to his praise. The same might and energy he brought to killing a nine and a half foot giant named Goliath, that's what he brought into the sanctuary for worship. Do you understand? They wrote songs about David and how he kills tens of thousands of people. This dude is a killer. And that's what he brought to his praise experience. There's one particular story. Y'all may not be able to handle it. The first service couldn't. I hope you can because half of you are saved. (laughs) In the third service when I'm not being recorded, they'll get it. There's one particular story of David in the Bible where King Saul told him to go and kill an army. He didn't want to do it. But because the king commanded him to do it, that joker went and killed an entire army, then cut off their foreskin, made a necklace out of it, brought it back to the king, and threw it at his feet. (laughs) Let that sink in, fellas. made a necklace out of it, Uh threw it at the feet of the king and said, what you want me to do now? That's the same level of intensity he brought to his praise. This is not a sissy. This is not some little weenie whamby pamby kind of person who comes in limp-wristed to give God praise. Nah, dog. This dude is a straight killer, and he's all full of masculinity, and he's full of his manhood. But when it came to the presence of the Lord, he said, The same intensity I did when I hunted a bear, I hunted a lion, I hunted a Goliath, and I hunted all these people that I had to destroy for God. That's the kind of intensity I'm bringing into my praise. I'm not coming here and go sit with my hands in my pocket. Nah, I'm going to praise him with all my might. And if he's made me strong, I'm going to give him my strength. If he's made me agile, I'm going to give him my agility. If he's made me versatile, I'm going to give him my versatility. If he made me with my, you understand, he brought the praise with everything within him. Because it ain't sissy to be a praiser. As a matter of fact, all my single ladies, if he won't praise God in front of you, he probably won't be leading you. Yeah. I just got you. I just need you to know why are you in here saying, "Lord, Lord, making the one, making the one." You better, you better hope he's making God the one. Okay. You wait for that third service. It's all predominantly single people. I'm gonna wear it out, joker, out right there. Every six steps. Look at this. So he danced with all of his might. Look at the text. This is why you should read the Bible, because the Bible is so entertaining. This dude danced his clothes off. Y'all don't want me to illustrate. He danced his clothes off. He shouted all the way down to his drawers. I'm trying to let it sink in. Because in a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to praise him. <laughs> and we have ushers available and ready. <laughs> and so that he, 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 he shouted, he danced before the Lord all the way down to his ephod. There are three types of people in, in, the, in the Old Testament that wore ephods. Kings. Priest and children. The king got so wrapped up in clamorously being foolish before God that he danced his way all the way back to being a child. Before I'm a king, I'm his child. Listen, let me tell you something. Before you ever became anything, you were his child first. You were his child. And if you ever lose the identity of being his son or being his daughter, it will jack up every other title, every other position you have. If you can understand the power of what it means to be his son, you may have a family member that doesn't recognize you, but you have a God who created you, that formed you even before he formed you in your mother's womb. He set you up and he said, I'm going to make you my son. I'm going to make you my daughter. And if you can understand the power of being a king's kid listen it won't matter who's in front of you it won't matter whether you're in the the house by yourself you will hallel before the Lord because you know I get to be in front of my father my dad (laughs) look at this and he brought the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of trumpets there's a warning for this kind of praise this undignified praise verse 16 His wife, Michael, was sitting up in her window watching the king. See, one was worshiping. The other was watching. And here she is looking down on her husband. Another sermon, another day. Here she is looking down on her husband seeing him, look at the text, leaping and whirling before the Lord. And look at this. She despised him in her heart. She hated what he was doing for God. Have you ever had a hater? Okay, y'all got quiet again all of a sudden. Maybe you sit beside it. (laughs) Have you ever had a hater? You know what's so funny to me about haters? They hate what you have, but they're not willing to pay the price you paid. So, they would rather resent that you have it than pay their own price to get it themselves. But David was not dancing before Michael. He was dancing before the Lord. And his wife decided she was going to be a spectator of God's presence, then be a participator of celebrating that God's presence was coming back to its place. I got news for you. You should have a praise in your repertoire that makes haters do their job. It's my job to keep my haters employed. Come on. Not, not to spite them, but in spite of them. Because my focus is on the one. Have you ever tried to compete with somebody who didn't know they were in a competition? Uh It's one of the easiest things to do in winning when you didn't even realize you were competing. Because it's a determination of your focus. Look at this text. She despised him in her heart. Verse 17. So they brought the ark of the Lord. uh, It's one of my favorite scriptures. And set it in its place. There is a proper place for God's presence in your life and if he's not in his proper place, you will become very self-aware. You will become very self-conscious. You will become aware of what other people are thinking or what other people would be saying. But when God, look at the text, that when he set it in his place, all of a sudden he was giving and offering burnt offerings and then he was blessing people in his name. When God is set in his proper place in our lives, we want to give and we want to bless others. But when he's not set in the proper place in our life, we will be more focused on what we're receiving and what we're getting versus what we're giving because of what we receive from him. Huh, wait a minute. So when he's in his proper place, we want to give and we want to. How's your Christmas spirit? If you can see some of your faces. How's your Christmas spirit? (laughs) It's the most wonderful time. To be frustrated, to have to buy gifts for people that you don't even like, but you feel pressure from your family to get. And you know that they're not going to like it anyway, so you just buy them gift cards. And then you know they're going to resent you for the gift card. Because you weren't thoughtful enough. Okay, uh, this is going to be Christmas Eve Son- Message. Christmas is not about you. Yeah. It's not about me. Christmas is not about our family. Yeah. Yeah. I've had so many people, not from this church, from other churches, other pastors go, hey, what are you doing for Christmas Eve? I said, we're having church. What do you mean, what are we doing? Right. Well, I mean, are you, are you going gonna to have church? Yeah. Well, there's going to be a lot of people traveling. Well, that ain't my problem. Because Christmas is not about family. Christmas is not about feelings. Christmas is not about a a reindeer with a nuclear radioactive nose. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas is not about a really jolly guy who needs to be on keto, not cookies. Lord, let me be careful how I say things. (laughs) It's not about some snowman with a magical hat. It's not about all of that. It's not about the gifts under the tree. It's about the gift that was hanging on the tree. Christmas is about Jesus. I'm just not in the Christmas spirit. Well, if you're not in the spirit, then you must be in your... flesh when the presence of God is in its proper place you want to give you want to bless others and when it's not you start competing and ridiculing listen David verse 20 David returned home look at the text to bless his house y'all he was going home going I'm blessing everybody he had a heart to bless his house and look at the text, criticism met him in the yard. Ah, yeah. oh, here he comes. It, okay, don't amen me on this. But have there ever been times where you hang out in the driveway just a little longer? Because <laughs> you're just not 100% sure which spouse. Is gonna greet you at the door do not amen me <laughs> fellas just keep looking straight ahead because you just want you are wondering and here you are you got this overwhelming sense of joy oh man I got I finally got God's presence right and the first thing that happens is the person that was already looking down on you begins to criticize listen People who look down on you will always tear you down. Why? Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. But my question for you today is, when's the last time somebody looked down on you because of your praise? When's the last time somebody went, I'm going to need you to calm down with all that Jesus stuff you're doing? Hey, can you stop shouting so loud? Because I'm trying to hear the sermon. Right on cue. Can, can you calm down for a minute? Listen, uh, uh, Ethel, we're gonna have to switch over to another section in the church because this person is crazy. When's the last some, time somebody looked at your praise and went, "My God, they are over the top"? No, because we don't bring that to God in God's house anymore. What we do is we bring Him the praise we practiced in the mirror. What we do is bring him the praise that we're most comfortable with. You know what I said in the first service? I said, I'm going to get about 10 more flaggers up here on Sundays. You remember those days when you would, like at a pool, you would wrap up a towel and start whacking people in the back? You know what I'm talking about? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set all the flaggers up and I'm going to put them all around the room. And anytime that somebody's standing there not doing nothing, just whip them and hit them right in the back of the neck. <laughs> if you can't shout praise, we'll shout pain. Hallelujah. He meets, criticism meets him in the yard. Oh my God, look at the preacher. Some of y'all are not, not going to understand this. But usually one of the hardest things is to be in a spiritual position and still be human. My God, I can't believe the pastor got an attitude with me. Why? Why can't you believe it? You get to have an attitude. I can't believe the way they talk to me. Why? Did you hear the way you talk to them? These are arguments for people who serve in leadership positions because we don't get, they don't get to be human. And the moment they show their humanity, all of a sudden, oh, well, they got low character. No, we got flesh. Oh. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. There's two people on the inside of every one of us. There's a king and there's a criminal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all ain't gonna preach with me, so I'm gonna give it all today, okay? There's a king in me and there's a criminal in me. And whoever you call will answer. Hallelujah. Some of you so holy, you glow in the dark. Just pray for me, okay? But there's another side to me. There's another side to every one of us. And the one you talk down to will stay down. But the one you speak up to will speak up. Do you understand? If you talk to the king in me, the king will show up. But if you talk to the killer in me, the killer in me will show up too. And here she is throwing all kinds of stuff at her husband for praising the Lord with an undignified praise. Look at what David said in verse 21. Listen to me, Michael. Hear me, woman. Hear me, woman. That's what he said. Listen, my praise wasn't for you, it was before the Lord that I was praising. And I didn't realize I was praising my clothes off. I didn't realize that I was leaping and whirling and people were watching. I thought you would have joined with me. But instead of joining with me, you wanted to criticize me. But you need to understand something, lady. Listen to me. I need you to understand that before your father ever chose me, I was chosen by God. Before I ever came and stepped into a position of kingship, I was already the son of a king. I had already belonged to God. And it was before God that I was given praise because never mind my title, Never mind my position and never mind what you think about me. I wasn't praising you so that you could be entertained. No, I was praising him because he fearfully and wonderfully made me. And I will never allow my position to rob me of my praise. And then he says, therefore, I'm going to play music. Alexa. Alexa. That was funny. I just, I, I I'm gonna have to write that down for later. She was criticizing his leaping and his whirling. He's like, I'm gonna play music. He says, I'm about to strike up the band because my praise is not one-dimensional. I'm not just a one-praise pony. No, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. I can do it all because he's worthy of it all. Because I'm praising him for who he made me to be. And look at verse 22. He says, listen lady, since we're having this conversation, if you think this is uncomfortable, I can be More. Uh, No, he didn't say I can He said, I'm going to bring my will And as an act of my will See, most of us are waiting for our feelings But praise is not about feelings Praise is a response of your will I will be even more undignified than this Do you know what he was saying? He said, hold on, you ain't seen nothing yet. If you think me dancing to my drawers is crazy, you ain't seen crazy. I'm about to, Alexa, (laughs) give me the beat. That was for the rave people, okay? (laughs) What David was saying was it's not about me, it's not about you, and it's not about my position. It's about his presence being in its right place in my life. And here's what I've learned, ladies and gentlemen that my level of revelation about him will determine my level of demonstration to him. That was a whole sermon by itself. My level of revelation about him. Will determine my level of demonstration to him. Listen it's not about comfort zone it's not about rhythm it's not about atmosphere it's not about client climate it's about the fact of whether he's worthy y'all he's made ways for me when there seemed to be no way he's been a friend to stick closer than a brother in my life i've watched him heal scoliosis of my son's back i've watched him heal them of migraine headaches i've watched him turn situations around i watched him heal my father of leukemia before he passed away i watched him save and redeem and what i've watched people get out of wheels I've watched blinded eyes open i watched ears unlocked, i watched marriages get restored and put back together again, I've watched people who couldn't have children start having children, i watched him turn high blood pressure down and low blood pressure up, I've watched him heal cancer I've watched him heal diabetes I've watched him turn situation, why in the world would I come in and be reserved in my praise when he is such an undignified God with his blessings And if you think this is crazy, you ain't seen nothing yet. I could be even more undignified than this. Lord have mercy. I don't want to be in a church that wants to sit around and be a a applauder of positions and titles. No. One thing have we desired, and that one thing we seek, and it is to know him. Does anybody hear what I'm saying today? I want to know him. I want his presence to be the paramount passion and pursuit of this house. I want him to be the great... if there's anybody going to be famous, if there's anybody going to be important, then it is Jesus and Jesus all by himself. Does anybody feel what I'm saying today? One, two, three, give him praise in the place. Somebody give him praise on the level
1: of your revelation, of what he's done for you, of what he's done for your family. Praise
0: him. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. What he was telling Michael is that if you think this is praise, Lord have mercy, wait till I catch my breath. but I have a warning for the haters. I have a warning for those who have a spirit of mockery. And if you don't think room, come stand up here. For those who carry a spirit of mockery, for people who are willing to be clamorously foolish before the Lord. Verse 23. And Michael was barren. Until she died. I've got a warning for every hater. A hater can never carry promise. (laughs) Hear me. You will, be re- you will remain barren in your bitterness as long as your bitterness remains. You better get your eyes off of the people that are around you and look to the hills from which cometh your help. Does anybody's help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth? Well, uh, y'all about to put me in it? He danced with all his might. I want you to see this in Scripture. We just walked through it. David's Halil praise. Throw that up there for me, Doug. Go to the next one. We see him in Scripture dancing. We see him in Scripture shouting and blowing trumpets. We see him in this passage sacrificing. Sacrificing. We see him in this passage leaping and whirling. We see him in this passage playing music. We see him in this passage blessing people in his household, clarifying who his halil is for and declaring that what he's done thus far doesn't scratch the surface of what he's able to do when it comes to having God's presence in his proper place. That, ladies and gentlemen, is one man's halil praise. I hear you. Well, I'm a New Testament Christian. Cool. Matthew 14. On the king's birthday, one of the daughters of the king decided to dance before the king and the Bible says that the king was so pleased with the dancing of the daughter that he looked at her you better see this text and said ask me for whatever you want could it be that the king is waiting for his daughters to dance so that he can look at his daughters and say I'm so pleased ask me for whatever you want. Couldn't that be a miracle that you've been desiring that you're only one dance away from? You're only one dance away from. You're only one two-step away from. You're only... you understand what I'm saying. Could it be that there's a promise being held up? He's just waiting. Looking at his sons and daughters saying, You ready? May I have this dance? What if God today is looking at his son and daughter going, May I have this dance? See, Doug, go back to the Halil definition. The first statement of the definition of Halil is to be clear. The reason we rave. The reason we boast, the reason we clamorously are foolish outside of our comfort zone is because we want it to be real clear. This praise is not about me. It's about the one who is worthy and his presence is in the proper place. Does anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? Throw up your hands and give him praise all over this room. 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 Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hey, hang on just a second. Let me be pastor for a second. I am not trying to charismatically condition you. This is not about rhythm. This is not about emotion. This is about fixing your eyes on Jesus. My my little nephew, we we went and watched my my son Noah his senior year playing basketball. We went and watched him play. And my my littlest nephew that's here local, his name is Andrew. Big old dimples, cute as a button. He needs to be slapped as often as possible. (laughs) We're down there at the game, hundreds of people in the stands. We're all there watching Noah play the game. When the timeout would happen, they would hit the music. And that little boy go walking down the bleachers, get right in the floor, and, and start doing the sturdy. I don't know either. And based upon the way he did it, I'm not sure he knows. But he started doing the sturdy. There were two people in the stands. His family going, go Andrew, go Andrew, go Andrew, go Andrew. And then there were other people in the stands that were going, white boy. No rhythm. Hurry up, timeout. But here's the thing. Andrew had no clue he had haters. He was so caught up in his dance and his family going, go, Andrew, go, Andrew, go, Andrew, that he didn't have time to wonder if anybody was going to try to make him feel self-conscious. What am I saying? I'm saying, we're about to praise the Lord. And I came here today to say,
1: go you, go you, go you, go you. If he's worthy, you want to give him a
0: We're still not there. We're still not there. You're still self-conscious, and some of you are giving him church praise. Yeah. But I want you to get your face focused on those King on the throne. I want you to get your face focused on the king on the throne. See his eyes like fire. See his hair like wool. See written upon his sash is king of kings and lord of lords. See out of his mouth is a sharp two-edged sword. What kind of
1: praise would the daughters and sons give the king? He's seated on the throne. That's the kind of praise you want to give. One, two, three. Give it praise. Somebody lift your hand
0: the presence of the Lord. shame is broken off of your sons and daughters today. I thank you. Shame for what other people would think, but also, God, shame for those who have fallen that feel they're unworthy to be in your throne room to praise. Spirit of God we break shame off of your sons and daughters get us back to being your child again Lord that we may not be childish but be childlike in our faith again Father I thank you that you're raising this to be a house Where all dimensions of praise is on the table. Thank you, Spirit of God. For we know that you inhabit the praises of your people. Today, God, I ask you to awaken the praise-filled warrior in every man. That we would learn to praise you with all of our might. Thank you, Lord, for every man that brings his masculinity to the praise experience. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. And I thank you, God, that you're doing that here in this place. Father, I thank you that you, great king, love when your daughters dance. Today, Spirit of God, I'm not asking you to help Stella get her groove back. I'm asking you to help sons and daughters remove their dignity and know that in your presence, your pleasure is all that matters. Father, we ask you now for shame and guilt, people pleasing and insecurity. your sons and daughters they're dropping it like it's hot never to pick it back up again one thing have we desired and one thing that we seek and it is to know you Father I ask you today to awaken the spiritual ears of your sons and daughters to be able to know the prodding and prompting of the Spirit. When you ask, can you have this dance? Father, let every method of praise be on the table, even the ones beyond our comfort zone. Not because we're comfortable, But because you're worthy. We ask it in Jesus' name. Come on, take 30 seconds and just honor the Lord all over this room. Come on, honor him, honor him. Honor him, honor him. Praise. Somebody slip up those hands. We give you Yada praise for